Welcome to the Inner Power Podcast with your hosts, me, Matt Rudman, and Ange Wu. A collaboration between us both following the success of my Mindset Explosion podcast, where I've interviewed over 100 inspiring guests, from JP Sears to Chris Casamasa, who played Scorpion in the original Mortal Kombat movie. I'm an entrepreneur spreading across the martial arts, fitness, and beauty industries. Ange is a fellow martial artist and fully qualified holistic and nutritional coach, as well as being a personal trainer. And just helped countless women become healthier, happier, and more confident versions of themselves since 2013. Join us for a fun, positive approach to lifting your energy as we talk about all things spiritual, mindset, and well-being. Trust your intuition, find your purpose, and pursue your passion. It's Ange here, and if you're enjoying the show, please share with your friend, subscribe, and we will appreciate nice five-star review. Enjoy the show. Here it is. Hey, it's the Inner Power Podcast, episode 20, how to become your own mindset. Ninja. <laughs> do you not do that in your training? No, no. no, no I, I usually behave. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with me, Ange Wu, and Matt Rubin, all the way around. Depends how you look upon it. Look at one eye, two eye, it's still the same. <laughs> I'm speechless. She's as speechless as usual. <laughs> and we've got a very special guest today, and we've had a really we good do. chat um, just off air. So would you like to introduce? Of guys, today we have a very special guest in-house, Eileen McCotter-Davies. As I mentioned to you before, you know, mindset is one of those things we love talking about, and I don't think there's any better person than Eileen to talk about it. Eileen is accredited fellow level coach with international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, and presently one of only 1% of coaches in the UK trained to this level. To date, Eileen supports and mentors over 100 coaches across the country who are now helping their clients to get out of their own way. She coaches people to learn about self-worth, action-taking, being real, heart-centered, and business savvy. So I hope you're going to enjoy it. And let's bring Eileen to us. Hello. Hello. Hi, Eileen. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? I am good. I'm nice and toasty. Got logs on the fire. So, yeah, we're uh, freezing. <laughs> I can't talk when I'm freezing. When I'm freezing, you get this version. So yeah, yeah. that's me. Hence, <laughs> I've got my scarf. But anyway, Aileen, it's so amazing to have you on our show. Uh, I know people will definitely benefit from this chat. I know you have so much wisdom uh, in you, and I just want them to have this experience tiny experience of you what is it like to be in your world and who you are so they can actually benefit you know just on the on a bigger scale and who knows maybe come to your world for a little bit longer and learn this wonderful stuff that you're teaching so so yes so yes i'm gonna ask you first question because i've got a list of them yeah i'm just like hogging all the questions today eileen but before mm. we get started if you are listening on the podcast don't forget like a nice five-star review and if you get this on the rerun please drop a question in below because uh one of us will get back and eileen you're tagged in so i'm sure you'll pick it up uh from there so yeah come on what's question number one well, first of all uh, can you share with us what got you into a uh, mindset coaching where it all started? Oh, gosh, the beginning, the beginning. I think what got me into 
uh, mindset coaching. I was a um, personal trainer and trained with the Czech Institute, which was an American guy called Paul Czech that used to come over to the UK. And he had a very open-minded approach to working with the physical body. And back in the day in the UK, most people worked with the physical body just through movement, which was kind of like personal training and not really then even diet and nutrition. Uh, but he was big into diet and nutrition and then into energies and holistic living and all this sort of stuff. So he kind of got me into opening my mind into other ways of working with the body. And then my personal relationship wasn't working. Uh, and I didn't know at the time I was trying to turn a circle into a square. Uh, and by the way, do not try and turn a circle into a square because it doesn't work. Uh, so I flew over to America to somebody else that this guy knew. And um, a very funny story, actually. So I went to this course all about energy and meridians and chakras way above my head. Uh, because back then, I was a big believer, if you see something, it's real. If you don't see something, it's not real. Uh, so I went on this course, uh, learning more about the human body. And this guy, uh, John, uh, pulled me out of the crowd and said, uh, you know, why do I sabotage my relationships? To uh, Can you swear on this podcast? Oh, yes. So I was in a room with Americans and Canadians and um, I basically told him to F off because I didn't like what he said. I didn't like what I heard. And I walked out of the room, but I left my keys in the room <laughs> to this hotel room. I was in Canada on my own. So I had to go back into the room and they all clapped because they're American. And they went, yay! Woo! And I was like, oh my God. And then I came home with a new belief. Uh, what if we teach people how to treat us? And that question never left my brain. And then I kept going back for some reason, year after year, never wanted to be a coach, just wanted to learn about, he shared this word with me, this is about 15 years ago, self-sabotage. And I started to become curious and I started to see in my personal training clients how they would sabotage their progress and they'd do well. They'd follow the diet. They'd be working out in the gym and then they would eat a load of crap at the weekend or drink when they were stressed and they would sabotage their progress. And I started then to see that in my life, particularly in relationships. But then I used to see people would sabotage their body shape and now I see people sabotage their business success so I kept going every year because uh, I was curious it the strategies I was learning was helping me to cope with aspects of my life then I started to share these strategies with clients here my my PT clients uh, for no reason other than to share and then I got kind of got uh, known and a name for really helping people that were stuck. And I was like, oh, maybe I should do coaching. And then 10 years later, here I am. So I hope that answered what you're asking. A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I love that story. Definitely. Did you, did you find that going to America as well, that being that the culture, obviously it's a different culture. And did you find that there was a lot to be learned from that culture and probably, you know, both ways. A good friend of mine lives over in the States and he always said there's, there's a lot to be learned by the 
by both cultures and and in, in terms of mindset as well yeah absolutely i think for me they you know were just an opinion further ahead in terms of uh you know, or more acceptable that people might have a psychologist or a psych, uh, you know, a psychiatrist. There appeared to be less stigma for me than what there used to be in the UK. I think the UK are more moving that way in in many aspects. Maybe that's good or not good. Where coaching is is more open. But if you look at any, you know, where you you see a person who's phenomenal at their craft, so. You know, uh, you could say Lewis Hamilton, uh, you could look at tennis players, you could look at, you know, high up entrepreneurs. They all have a coach and they either have a, you know, a food coach or a physio coach or a mindset coach in their team. And I think in the UK we are moving that way. And I think it's great because we all know that we need to eat apples and they're better than a Mars bar, for example. We all know that we need to go to the gym is better than sitting down in the chair all day. But we've also got this thing up here, this muscle in our head that also needs support. And now that mental health is being shared more, um, there's still this market of people that don't tick the mental health box but still have a lot of pressure and inner dialogue that we're living it with on a daily basis. So I'm glad that coaching now is see, being seen as actually it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of, you know, I don't paint. Why? Because I'm not good at painting. Uh, we've got a gardener. Why? Because I kill a plant very quickly. <laughs> I try not to, but I do. So why aren't we having a coach to help us when we're stuck uh, to move forward? For me, it's a no-brainer. And to this day, I still have a coach. And I still have that place where I can speak freely and open about my own challenges. Uh, and that hour just helps me to gather my thoughts and, and put them uh, back in place. So I'm glad that we're going that way and adopting that culture. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel that um, obviously the three of us are all coaches in our own our own way, right? For, for various things, and um, I like for myself, and it's pretty much what you just said. It, you just need that coach sometimes because we, we pick up bad habits. So for teaching martial arts, it's probably constantly keep your guard up, keep your guard up, and it drop down. So you need that because you, yeah, you might you'll learn everything. Well, you won't learn everything. You'll learn a lot in a few years, but we're still going to pick up bad habits along the way, which we do in like you said, with our relationships or yeah. our business. And and I think sometimes, like you said, it, you know, it's refreshing, you know, you're saying you've got your own coach still and it's so important because we, when we're in it, we don't see it the same way. Do you, do you find that with your clients that you, you, you get to see things differently for them? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, for me, we have, we're a, emotional human beings even if you're a person that cries a lot or you cry very little we're still emotional and we kind of as you know through the school system learn to suppress our emotions in some way however we emotionally things get to us and even if we pretend they don't they they do uh, and I work with all different types of business people and they still bottom line it's a human a need that we want to be liked 
We want to fit in. We want to belong. We want to do the right thing in some way. So a client often, because they're in it and they're emotionally in it with their, they might feel have a challenge with their child. They might have a challenge with a work colleague. They might have a challenge with a neighbor. They might have a challenge with their partner that they're in it and they need some support to communicate in a way to take the emotions out of the way so the dialogue is not emotionally loaded. You know, kids don't want to hear, why haven't you tidied your bedroom? And uh, a person doesn't want a business coach to say, but why haven't you done your social media posting? Because a why often can make somebody feel defended or a why we can hear it as why haven't you done that? And whenever a human being feels defended, we either attack and go, I haven't tidied my bedroom because I didn't bloody want to, or we go, we hide and we pull away. So I think, you know, clients get stuck. They can't see how they're stuck because they are emotionally invested. I'm emotionally invested. I am emotionally invested to my husband. He doesn't meet my expectations. I know that. However, I still want him to meet those expectations. I know they're my expectations. So sometimes having someone else who's not emotionally involved, you can get that all out and put it in order and communicate in a more honest, open and vulnerable way, either with your work colleagues, with your children, with your friends, you know? So, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned uh, expectations. I find that this is one of the biggest factors why uh, people actually struggling with the communication. And sometimes, you know, those high expectations is not like someone is not meeting them. It's just us, you know, it, this is actually blocking us from connecting with those people because we are actually expecting them to be something else that they are. It's just like we are becoming very loyal to the vision of them, not them. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you actually um, <laughs> brainwashed me over the last three years because I actually learned to look at people different and not only other people, myself. And I think that was the biggest breakthrough for me. I became less judgmental towards my years. And if I catch myself doing something that isn't necessarily the best behavior, instead of judging my behavior now, I laugh at myself more. Yeah. And that helps me to move forward and stay less in uh, in that space, if, if that does make sense. So I just yeah. want to use the opportunity to say thank you very much for all you do and what you've taught me. So, yeah. Guys, listen, this lady here is amazing. Claire. Hi, Claire. Hi, Claire. Um, if you ever want to work um, on your mind, learn a very friendly approach, very friendly ways of how to do it and really get out of your own way. This is the, this is the person to contact. Uh, she will help you to find your own way. She's not going to do it for you, but she will show you how you do it, how you can do it for yourself so you can find this true self-empowerment within yourself in a very, very safe, friendly 
wonderful environment. So we are dropping links, links in the comments. There will be more links coming afterwards too. So if you would like to reach out and find out what, what Eileen got to offer, uh, please check those links out. There is a lot of wonderful content that is very worth giving shout out. Definitely. So, yes. yes. Shout it out. So. What's our next question Whoa. number two? Oh, actually, probably a bit more than question number two, isn't it? Yeah, so, but yeah. Like um, obviously, again, just to remind you if you're joining in, if you've got any questions you'd like to um, push towards Eileen, drop them in the comments. <laughs> Simple as that. Simple as that. Eileen, tell me, what was your big aha moment when you started uh, working on your mind? Which just what clicked for you the most? Um, your keys back most of the time. Yeah, I think what clicked the most for me is um, the three behaviors that uh, for me are in everybody, and I was not aware that I would slip into one of those behaviors, and they kind of work together. So, from a coaching spiel, you would call these like archetypes, and you would go, What is an archetype? and the archetype is a type of a behavior. And when we look at the archetypes, it can help your brain to see a behavior because the brain likes labels. Like we like labels. Like, oh, I'm a vegetarian or, you know, I'm a brunette or, you know, I'm a dog lover. We The brain likes labels. And the good thing about an archetype, you can see the label and then you can see it in yourself. So the three behaviors were the victim the punisher and the uh, and the rescuer and especially if you look at the health and fitness diet world like we would or i certainly used to punish myself and exercise a lot and exercise very hard i now see that with business people i see business people working really hard like putting in hours and hours and grafting uh you know as a solopreneur or an entrepreneur or even within a company, targets, outcomes. And that creates an awful lot of pressure. And that's where we can punish ourselves. We can push ourselves too much, too hard, and too long, and too often. And then we then punish other people because we are adrenaline's up, pressure is up, and then we take it out on loved ones. Or as Ange was saying, somebody hasn't, like I've said to one of my stepkids, Put your frigging bowl in the dishwasher. Not hard. Plate in. Done. But I'd be the punisher because I'm I'm punishing myself, pushing myself in a part of my world, a part of my life. So there's the punisher archetype. And we either punish self internally. That's where we can berate ourselves, uh, push ourselves too hard, blame ourselves or we punish other people. We blame, it's your fault. I ate the chocolate cake because you brought it home. Because you opened the bottle of wine, I've drank it. It's your fault. Or we punish a business coach because they didn't get us the return that we wanted, for example. So that's one behavior. The second was the victim. That's when we start to feel sorry for ourselves. I was very good at being a victim. And I'd be like, especially in relationships, I'd be like, he hurt me. He let me down. How dare he do that to me? And I just feel sorry for myself. And I see that with people with their body shape. I'm never going to be slim. And I'm certainly not trying to patronize people here, by the way. But 
if we don't own our behaviors, they own us. And that's when I was noticing I was slipping into being the victim uh, and feeling sorry for myself, which robs your joy, steals your happiness. And the third one was the rescuer. And the rescuer is when you might go around trying to rescue everyone else because you're the overgiver, you're the people pleaser, and you're trying to make everyone else's life great, or you're doing everything for your children. Mark's hiding. <laughs> That's hiding. <laughs> those three work together in a loop. And when I noticed, I would go from the victim, the punisher, the rescuer, from the shadow side. So each of those archetypes has a positive and a negative. So the great thing about the punisher from the light side, the good side, is you have agreements in place in your business. You have agreements in place in your family. You have agreements with your children on who does the washing, who does the hoovering, for example. You have agreements in your business and who does what. That's the good side about the punisher archetype. The downside is that you blame people for not meeting your expectations or you blame yourself. The victim, you feel hurt and you feel everyone's out to get you or people are going to take your money and run or all this sort of stuff. And you feel sorry for yourself or you feel like some someone's going to do you a wrong in some way. That's the downside of the victim. The light side of the victim is you've been hurt, you've been burnt, and you've took the lesson and you're growing from it. You're going to evolve out of that victim. The rescuer, the light side of rescuing is that you help yourself. You know how to help yourself. You know how to rescue yourself. You know how to look after your own happiness. The downside of a rescuer is you put yourself last and you try and rescue everyone else. Once I got those labels and I had to put my hand up and be honest with my own behaviours, which my brain didn't like, by the way, because it was very good at blaming everyone else, then my life started to change massively. And just those three, I took to every client that I was training in on the gym floor, or I took it then to coaching women about uh, self-care. Then now I take it to business people, people that are building properties or building their own businesses. When do you turn into the victim? How do you punish aspects of yourself? And how do you rescue yourself? And then how can we break out of those patterns so those behaviours don't own you? And ultimately, I think as a human being, we have one thing in common. We want joy whatever that is. Joy for somebody is closing their diary on a Friday night. Joy for somebody else is finishing work and reading a book to their child. Joy for Ange is going out, you know, stroking horses and being in nature. We ultimately do want joy. We want satisfaction. We want accomplishment, whatever that will mean. And we've got to find out how this thing here tries to rob that from us by being stuck in the victim or the punisher, the constant pushing and proving part, or we avoid self and try and look after the world. So that changed my life. That, when I got that in my brain, do I still, uh, am I still a victim today at times? Oh, yes. Am I the punisher? Oh, yes. Do I try and rescue everyone else? Talk to my husband. <laughs> He's like, Eileen, you do everything for everyone else. Yes. 
but I'm aware of it and how much I do of that is now more in my control. Hmm. Claire just uh, commented uh, um, in the chat box. This is really fascinating. Oh, we know it is. <laughs> we do know. Thank you so much for sharing that uh, I, comment with us. I really liked how you put that because I've not, you know, there's different ways you can put everything, is it? But the way you, you know, with the, the rescuer, the punisher, the victim, I really like that. And as you're saying it, I know I put my head up for the rescuer because that's probably one of my biggest. Um, flaws but i had but again i was thinking of of the even when you said the light and the, the you know the the down dark side or whatever you want to put it there you go Claire, there's another star wars reference for you um but um i was i was thinking oh yeah i, I i'm a i think as well when i look back I, i'm much more aware now like yourself but like you said still fall into those little traps every now and then it's, oh my god out of this but i i think that's one of the biggest things about mindset and um, i feel about that Aline. but once you become more aware and i think you said it is you're able to because i just find it it's all these things are a part of me and when i became aware and it's like the dark the you know instead of punishing myself or, 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 i can't remember how you put it but i was able to think well this is a lesson this, you know this is how i'm, I'm gonna change this. this is where i'm gonna put boundaries in place for, for you know my life and boundaries for me to not be jumping into hey i can help you because i love helping people it, it, it it's a need of mine um because i enjoy it really it, like you said we just want to have fun we enjoy i love seeing people you know shine really but i have I've learned to put that boundary to say no this is what, what am i giving up here um so yeah. certain things are I have to sometimes shift around at first, but yeah, it was just so interesting to to hear that. And then reminds me a little bit. I always come back to the chimp paradox, but it's the same thing. It's like understanding like how our how our brain, I guess, our emotions work. And and I love how accountable you've held yourself for that. And I think I think that's the biggest one of the biggest things as well. When we're a bit more accountable, except this is a part yeah. of me. So like, how can I learn to live with this? And how can, and I feel then easier to let go of those um shackles that can hold us back and and sometimes they they grab on again but we can once we know how to remove them it's it becomes easier every time um, yeah, yeah. and i just hit the nail on the head for me with saying how can we be less serious about the behaviors and the habits and the patterns that we have because it can become all too consuming and I think when we start to laugh, not at self, but laugh with self. So, you know, sometimes I go, you know, like my dad passed away. You know, we're real people. We've got real life things happen. We don't know when they're going to happen. And, you know, my dad passed away in December, you know, uh, I went over, flew straight away. I was the rescuer. I was sorting everything out, taking everything on board, and I was aware of it. And then... I just sat down, I burst out laughing and my sister said, what are you laughing at? And I went, just, and she goes, oh, you've just done everything. I went, oh no, and there I am again. But I laughed at it going, that's part of my character and I can see how that serves me and it can be detrimental because I just moved my own grieving process to the side, you know, just went over there, sort everything out. It's a great avoidance strategy, but I was aware of it and then, and then I laughed my head off and then obviously went into days of crying. <laughs> so, you know, and then laughing at that, like, God, isn't grief, 
grief is a sorrowful, sad thing, but also something that we can, you know, work with as well. Yeah, definitely. You have to go for it, unfortunately. Yuma. Yuma is the path um, to enjoy self. Oh, this is brilliant. Do you believe in quantum leaps? Because I see a lot of that stuff, you know, being put out there, you know, on the, on the social media, on YouTube. Many coaches use that. And personally, uh, I'll share it with you. I do not believe in quantum leaps, but I would like to know your opinion about it. Can you change 180 within, you know, a day? Because that's how I... Yeah, see, the challenge is, um, it's like with anything, some people are going to have a quantum leap. And I think a lot of what, for me, this is my personal opinion, what is shared on social media platforms is the, you know, if you had 100 people, you know, five of them had a quantum leap, they then show the results of those people that had a quantum leap that probably would have had the quantum leap anyway. My -hmm. experience with, you know, I've realized that I've worked with behaviors for such a long time. I started off actually working with young offenders that were involved in criminal activity. And I didn't know uh, then what I know now, but I noticed that most of them, Uh, got into criminal activity because they got negative attention because they weren't getting positive attention. They didn't get a sense of belonging that they mattered. Uh, And then if you look at, then I went into what I'm doing now. And I don't think change is challenging. Change is hard because the brain runs on patterns and runs on familiar patterns and habits. And without us knowing it, like, Today, you've already, all of you, probably done a hundred habits that you're not even aware of. Like you open the door with the same hand or you, I feed the dogs, I've got three. You know, one has to go in one room, one in the other room, one in the other room. Even the dogs have got that habit now. They've even, it's all embedded. So I think, you know, what is shown is that change is easy and quick. I think when you're in severe pain or had a severe wake-up call in your life, which I have worked with people, some people go, I've got to change because their life could be on the line. But for most of us, we have to repeat this same challenge over and over and over again before we go, "Mm, this isn't working for me. And most of us try and get through on our own. I did. I did as a business owner. You know, Mm -hmm. I was everything in a business but you never see a business that that does exceedingly well on their own but Mm. because I have to do it because as a child I was like I'll just do everything myself because it's easier or I'd be loyal to a belief I've got my dad in my ear which is my perception of what my dad would a sentence my dad would say if you want a job done do it yourself That's one of the statements I heard. Does it mean he said that? Second statement, don't owe anyone anything. That's what I heard. So then Eileen then becomes loyal to that pattern and brings that baggage to her business and doesn't get other people to do things in a business that they would be better at. So I think quantum leaps, there's a tiny percentage that have quantum leaps. I would say 
there's a percentage, a bigger percentage of people that change, even with all the fads. Look at how many fads are in the health and fitness industry. They're not working. Mm. Why? Because we need the basic fundamentals of sleep, hydration, have food, enjoy indulgences, and eat real foods most of the time. We need the basic fundamentals, and most people struggle with the basic fundamentals of most things, same in business, uh, same in relation relationships. You need you might not need a date night, but you friggin' need communication <laughs> because we spend so much time assuming. So that's a fundamental in the relationship. And I think that's why most of us don't have quantum leaps because we're going to practice the fundamentals. But most of us go back to a default. I better not say that because that might hurt them. I better not say that. I don't like conflict. I better mm. not say that because they don't understand me. I better not ask for help because then I'm going to own something because that's what my dad said. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> better not charge more. Because then they'll think I'm greedy, you know. So I love what you said uh, and how you beautifully <clears throat> elaborated on that. You know, I also I had this thought because I was pondering about it, you know, for quite some time, and I thought, what the quantum leap really is. And then I agree, like you said, it might happen when something happened in someone's life, mm -hmm. and they have to make make that change. They might have to change their direction. And what I also liked is what you said about this group of people having this like instant awakening, which, like you said, probably would happen anyway, because the quantum leap is not only what what is visible on the surface, the whole the, this, uh, process underneath that is not vi visible, you know, to, to the human's eye. And I think we might sometimes call something a quantum leap, but the process is much longer. That leads to the quantum leap itself, isn't it? Yeah. So that, that's why I thought, does it really exist? Does it yeah. really happen? You know, there must be something happening, you know, behind the scenes that leads to it. Yeah. Which is supposed to be counted into the process. Yeah, so. and some people, you know, have we could call it luck or whatever. Some people get lucky or, like you say, you don't know their personal circumstances when, you know, I can honestly say now as a, a mother, you know, back, you know, uh, 25 years ago and, say, 20 years ago when I was a single parent, my back was up against the wall. You know, the money that was coming into my house was going out. So I had to kind of work more to have more. Now, I don't have to work more to have more. It's more of a, a choice. So I think when our back is up against the wall, you know, innately human beings, we are meant to be, you know, when our back is up the wall, we, we, we fight or flight. But most of us and our brain is, likes familiar. Another word for that is comfort. Another word for that is re repetitive patterns. We kind of go, January, oh, this year I'm going to do all of this. I want it to be different. Um, but it's not different because we get pulled back to the habits that kind of have a hold of us. And as a mindset coach, I help people to go, we have got to turn it round. We've got to turn it round and go, those habits do not control me. How can I control those habits and that's mm. when we will then that is practice daily weekly 
practice and then it becomes a new embedded. So then it's more of a subtle leap than a massive, you know, quantum leap. I think That's which is safe that. for the content, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. It's so true. I, um, <clears throat> I'm going to shout out Charlie Morehouse. It'd be good to get on as a, a guest sometime. But so Charlie's a client of mine through martial arts. I mean, he, he's suffered, suffered. I shouldn't even say that now. He he's, has Asperger's and he was told he wouldn't get a job. But oh my gosh, his head on it all, exactly what you just said. He's learned to make that part of his life, basically, and, and to live with it and and just crack on. And yeah. He's just, he, he, he done all the things that they said he couldn't do and i think um but again like coming back to this quantum leap thing i, I yeah I, I, I think in an extremity mm. but something would have been building up maybe inside but even with that yeah it, it I, I think as an extreme something drastic uh needs to change mm. and, and we know it but we knew it for a while mm. i would say i don't know yeah but even when we make a change, it's it's his decision. I feel at the end of the day is that this is not serving me, yeah. and we might have a bit of resistance, might we, along the way, but you will get there, and we we do get there eventually. And and it's for me, it's just a continual journey. Even when I thought I'm all right now, oh, well, apparently I'm not. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I think I'm all right again. But so now I think, as I said earlier, just it's learning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, accept you know who you are and what. And I think you're right. When you backs up against the wall, we sometimes, you know, we a lot of us have been at rock bottom or in the basement of it. And but how long do we want to stay there for? So it, you know, there, there's always a way out. There's always a solution to something. But it, yeah. yeah, it might take time. And it sometimes just a hey, one thing at a time, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really felt like I sidetracked a lot. <laughs> Brain's going around trying to soak in everything. <laughs> Good, good content. Eileen, what do you think is the biggest uh, obstacle for people to to move in their life uh, to make a change? What What do you find out is the most common one? Uh, I think the most biggest obstacle for most is uh, getting help, asking for help, and investing in themselves. Um, I think. Again, it's not them personally. Um, I think our brain naturally likes a quick fix. We want things instantly. I mean, especially, you know, now, you know, with, you know, Amazon Prime and Netflix and, you know, gone are the days where, you know, I don't think my grandson will ever watch anything live on TV because he doesn't have to, you know, and that has its it, its good side and it's not so good side. Um that I think we want things instantly. So we quickly will invest in, in things uh, that give um, a quick return or we think will get us the help. And I was doing the same. Like I was, you know, you go through life, you know, you're bouncing along, you go through your teens and it's great because you're just doing your thing or whatever. And then, you know, you get a job and then you have a child and a house and life becomes a little bit more responsible, therefore a little bit more serious. And then you kind of go, you know, oh, who am I and what am I about? And then that might lead you to a personal development bookstore or a yoga class or where you kind of realise, oh, I need to do some inner work. But then we can go, well, I'll just buy a book or I'll, I'll go for that thing for a day. 
But I think we need to commit. And I think the biggest obstacle is because our brain wants, doesn't want to spend the money on self in that way or wants a quick return rather than the longevity. But if you look at health and fitness, you know, you can go to the gym, lose weight in six weeks and get in, in a dress, you know, whatever. But in order to maintain health, it's daily, it's regular. And that's the same with mindset. You know, people often say to me, Arlene, how have you got your success? I haven't stopped. I will not stop investing in myself up until the day I die in some way. And I think we've got to look at short term. And I see very successful people, very successful people, successful in business and shit in relationships. I see people very successful in relationships, shit at business. And I see people have um, great relationships in business and shocking when it comes to their health. And then they have the money, but then they don't invest in the um, longevity of something. So they'll buy the, you know, the bike or the band or the whatever, rather than, like, I was out the weekend and, uh, you know, ran a table and I'd say most people there had money. It was a very expensive restaurant. You know, everyone was drinking away and someone mentioned that bike. Is it called the, what's that Hello. bike? There you go. And someone went, wow, God, you know, but it's 2000 pounds, you know? And I was there going, here we go. Yeah. Mm. But they'll easily spend 2000 pounds on something else rather than, you know, my friend who has invested because she invests in herself. She's bought it. She's on it. She's doing it. It's interactive, etc. So they'll put a price to it. Right. Uh, so that's when I think that's the biggest obstacle is people actually going, I'm going to invest in myself. And that was me. I was a single parent. There wasn't a lot of money. And I went, I'm just going to buy a book. I'm just, I went to America and I had a hundred pounds, right? Uh, I'm going to do my best not to get a few tears here. I had, I, I brought the airfare. This guy who's now my coach to today, and this is an act of true kindness, he said to me, if you can get to America, me and my wife will pick you up. You can, and I met this guy once. We'll pick you up. You can welcome to stay at our house and you can pay off the course however you can. So he didn't make it free. He says you can pay it off however you can, right, if you can get there. And I flew there. I had £100 for 10 days. That's all I had, cash. I had £10 a day. To, and they took me to Whole Foods. If you ever been to America, it's like Whole Wallet. It's like our equivalent of Waitrose and more. Really happy foods, right? And I brought one lot of food, and I had to make that last all day. But that was me going. I'm gonna find a way. And I don't like the word excuses. I hate the word excuses because excuses make people feel like they're doing something wrong. I don't believe people have excuses. I believe that the brain makes up reasons, rationalizes, so we can hide our potential. Um, so I had this hundred quid and I thought, I'm going to go no matter what, I'm going to find a way. And he gave me an act of kindness, but I met him there 
and since then and i do the same for people i do many acts of kindness i won't make it free oh mm. but i'll make it a way that someone can get there if someone is reaching for help then meet them where they are um so i think that's the biggest obstacle that people don't invest in themselves because they deny it's their way of their brain blocking their truest potential blocking their joy because deep down a part of them might feel they don't deserve it or they don't know why they should have joy when somebody else in their life didn't have joy yeah i totally agree with all that. I, I i think i spoke about this um on my um podcast the other week but it's so true because and I see it again within the fitness. You probably get it as well, and like exactly what you said, Eileen. That that how I, maybe it's a relationship we have, or I say we as a generalization, right? With, with money, uh, and people will quit on that healthy lifestyle, but maintain. Don't get me wrong; we need entertainment, but for what we on television or drinking, and that's for some reason that's justifiable. I can yeah. never get my head around it, <laughs> but but you know people got to stop for whatever their reasons are, and you know that that's just how it is. I but think it's, I it's, said that perfectly. Yeah, people definitely. Want quick fix? Yeah, that is instant. Uh, oh my instant gosh! Instant yeah. results. There is oh no patience. Yeah. yeah. I seen something years ago, and this this I think it was on like GMTV or whatever it was, and they were, and I think we've always had that quick fix mentality because it's probably been put out in media one way or another through maybe owns fools and horses or just you know things like that but if like now today the what we have to compete with is um our children do have instant information in, yeah. instant information which is good like you said there's, there's a good and a bad to it because it's good because they can yeah. if he wants to learn about programming he'd go and grab it off youtube and he learns in, by himself but the downside is i think it does i think it was a toddler and they were they had a tablet so they were like flicking can't get on camera they were flicking through some photos so they knew next photo next photo next photo whereas you know in the day we had to go get the album down from the attic or whatever it was the cupboard then bring it down and flick it through so it wasn't as instant then they put a magazine in front of the toddler and they were trying to change the page like this it, it just wasn't used to it it, it was really yeah. an eye-opener really but yeah we do want that quick quick fix but the thing is it is continual process, like you said. It's 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 continual. We 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 need a coach there, hundred percent. And it was really nice to hear how you got to America and and that you're continuing that on. And I've so many great coaches I see do that. You know, when it's the high level, and I, I'm seen it recently. Um, something was that where they they did a similar thing, and it was so nice. And that way, you know, people get that opportunity because, um there's always a way and i feel that when we're in the right it's not luck i don't think it's luck it's not the right place at the right time but maybe ourselves putting us in the right place and allowing that opportunity to see us through like do you think a, a part of you could have said oh no i can't do that i just possibly couldn't do that because again people will hold us can hold themselves back can't they right so you're, you're trying to yeah yeah, yeah. god my brain was definitely, you know, had loads of reasons why not to go and don't go and, uh, you know, many obstacles about that, you know, for sure. But I think you, there comes a time in your day or your week where you go, 
where, and that's where honesty has to step in where you go, right, I am, or a big part of me is truly sick and tired of this. And I do want change. How can I change it? And I think, you know, even if that's, you know, sleepless nights or weight gain or what, you know, not getting a relationship or whatever that you go, I'm sick and tired of this. And I think that's where for me, where, you know, when you talk about a quantum leap, when somebody makes that decision, I'm sick and tired of this. I want this to change in some way. Then they find a way, whatever that is. Uh, but it it's getting to that decision is challenging because the brain will go, but I know what it's like, you know, I, you know, but I, I want to go on a date, but I know what it's like, you know, it's comfortable, isn't it, Eileen, in my house? Or I know I want to earn more money, but, you know, what I do, you know, works and I'm okay financially. So we we kind of don't get sick and tired. So we repeat, 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 repeat. <laughs> Would that be the reason why people fail this so-called New Year resolution thing? Yeah, well, I think most New Year's resolutions uh, set people up to fail. Often it could be, you know, we're going a little bit deeper into coaching. It could be the wording of the New Year's resolution because they've set them up, you know, straight away when they've gone, you know, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week when the year before they walked through the gym door twice. So yeah. it could be the goal they've set for themselves. Uh, you know, like even at the weekend, you know, one of my friend's fellas was like, he's on keto and he's like, this diet's working for me. And I went, do you mean this lifestyle? And he went, yeah, you're right. It's not a diet, you know, because he's actually saying the keto lifestyle is working for him. It, it personally works for him. I said, but it, but he's tried every year to diet, stop the fags. But now he's going, do you know what? This is a lifestyle change I need to make rather than I'm dieting just to get that quick result, if that makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. It's got to be longevity, um, we all know longevity, sustainability, all those juicy words that most of us know. Excellent. Someone's just... Um... Kath Ruskin has put yes, a question out. Kathy's I think this is, a, this is a good one. So yeah. maybe give some uh, advice here, Eileen. So others also make you feel guilty about investing in yourself. It takes guts to stick to the commitment to invest in yourself when those around you don't agree. What advice would you give to um, Kath there, Eileen? Or if, if, I don't know if you're asking for advice, Kath. <laughs> but people might be in exactly the same as you. That's a great question. And you're, you're spot on. Um, see this is going a little bit deeper that um especially if you're living with somebody or you work with somebody or something like that if you want to change an aspect of your life they could feel threatened or fearful by that change uh, and that's when they may share comments now i had that i had comments on what are you going there for what what are you doing that for but in the end, I just had to make that decision. And, uh, you know, a suggestion would be we have to agree to disagree. And even even today now, you know, in my marriage, my husband wants me to go camping when we first met, go camping with him. I've been there. I camped when I didn't have any, any money and I took Gianna camping everywhere and I've done that. I'm not doing it now. I want a hotel. <laughs> so I'll just have a bed and a shower so you know i won't go so 
you know, and he could, he can easily say, you've gone with other people before, you've gone with ex-boyfriends, why aren't you going with me? But that's why I go, look, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. So there's going to be challenge when you invest in yourself. There's going to be a challenge when you start to change an aspect of yourself because that might make the other person wobbly or uncomfortable. What they might need to hear is that you they're important to you. So I say to Spencer, you are important to me. And I love that you want to go camping and I can see that's important to you. However, I will join you for the day, but I'm staying in the hotel. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I'd like you to be with me. I get that. But we're going to have to agree to disagree. So it's about learning to agree to disagree and also for you to be on your path and what works for you and respect that people around you, your family, your friends might not get it. Oh, no, that's great advice. Uh, Kath says you're just making a comment. Thank you, Kath. But I think it was a really important thing to put out because I think we've all been there at some point. And um, I, I kind of feel if if I if there's something I really wanted to do, and it's would it be for business or anything else that, um, and if I didn't do it because of maybe someone's wishes, I'm probably going to end up resenting them anyway. There'd be yeah. some form of resentment or blame that comes in later on. I feel, oh, I haven't so I feel like we do, you know, we, we owe it to ourselves to fulfill what, but, you know, like you said, it's it's finding that way forward. And, and it's really, I guess, in a relationship, then mm. you respect, you know, it's not doing anything to harm. Um, yeah. Hopefully you have that respect where, okay, I, I kind of understand. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And when you look at resentment, we think we resent the other person, but that resentment lives in, in you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lives, you know, like anger, yeah. you know, uh, passive anger, whatever it lives in itself. And that's when you kind of sit with, okay, you know, do I want to have that feeling inside me or not? And then, like, as you said the word earlier, boundaries. And I know that boundaries are not easy to implement, especially if you're a rescuer archetype and you think about others before yourself. It can be extremely challenging from my experience. Oh, yeah, I found, yeah, I found. Yeah, no, I think that I think I found them challenging because I, they upset people, and then I, I again a little bit of a mindset shift. To, well, let's say I got boundary of Ange, for example, she doesn't like it. I'm not going to like it, but the boundaries for me, not for they're for your they're ourselves, aren't they? Not for other people. Yeah. And I think that um, that, that was a, a nice little mindset shift for me. I remember this. No, you know that was taught. That's my boundary. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so vividly when we were talking at one of your workshops, amazing workshops about boundaries, and you said when you actually put the boundaries in place and you hit a lot of resistance, it's just a sign for a need of those boundaries in that place even more, you know. And I was like, this is interesting because if boundaries is closely closely associated with respect mm, to mm. the personal needs and yeah. wants then when there is a boundary then there is respect to it so there yeah. is no some sort of like disagreement yeah. about the boundaries but if you put the boundaries in place and they hit disrespect yeah meet disrespect then you know very well that you have to you know really stick to that boundary yeah otherwise there. that's why yeah. you're putting the boundary in right um yeah but lots yeah. of people actually do you find that sometimes people because they are scared you know they they want to put the boundaries in place and like you said they are rescuers so when they hit this resistance they they take a step back 
often yeah often because again they might have a, a story or past experience avoid conflict don't like conflict don't want conflict don't know what to do with conflict so so yeah then they'll take then they'll take a step back so for sure but yeah, that's it's finding a boundary that works for that person in their way which yeah. they could start with because you can break boundaries down doesn't have to be a big you know like a lot of people that are very helpful and over helpful struggle to say no to other people so saying yeah. a no might be too much of a boundary but you can break that break bring that closer and find a step before that so that they feel more safe and secure with putting the boundary in place i really like that mm -hmm. i really do sometimes it's better to say no and then if you can go back with yes later then that's mm -hmm. that's another thing uh <laughs> sorry kaf has put um another good comment down so i thought it was something else that holds us back we need to be aware that we need to put self first yeah absolutely right. and most of us have heard about the oxygen mask you know on an airplane mm -hmm. they say mm -hmm. on first put it on as a second but even though we know that if your brain has been wired and conditioned through your upbringing uh to put other people first then it's it's quite alien and new to your brain to then put yourself first uh so especially if you're you know caring in nature or you or you get your needs met you get your sense of fulfillment by being there for other people so like my mom like classic example you know she's uh she's been married to my dad for 62 years and unfortunately he died um in december and um before that she's had seven children and she was a teacher and she also looked after my nan for 10 years uh, in our house she only knows how she's 80 she's 83 nearly 80 gonna soon be 84 she only knows a life of caring for other people that's all she knows and she was doing everything for dad even though it was her in her body she was having sacrifices she had a lot of resentment because she was doing everything to care for him he should have really gone to a nursing home way earlier but she wouldn't do it and i said to her the other day she's like Arlene, i've read this thing in a book self-care but i don't know how to care for myself i was like of course she doesn't because her world has just been others than her so for me to go, well, mum, just put yourself first. She doesn't know. She's got this big empty canvas and she doesn't know how to how to fill it. So I'm just doing with her baby steps, you know. Mm. And even, even now, she used to moan when dad was alive. I've not had a drink of water. It's like 12 o'clock. I've not had my breakfast. I was with her the other week in Ireland. It was 12 o'clock and she still, still didn't have a breakfast. There's no one to look after. She did everything else. Fed the cats, feral cats, did did some paperwork, tidied up, and then did breakfast. You know? So when we're not used to putting oxygen mask on ourselves first, that's the challenge. And that's when a client needs support, not to be judged, patience. And they need a little formula that works for them, not for you. And that's what pees me off about the coaching world. You should not put on other people your formulas because that formula might not work for them. It has to be find out their character, where they are, 
and let them create the formula that works for them and you guide them, you support them by the side. So that's just one of my little book bearers. And this is how you help people to become their own mindset ninja. Yeah, to their own mindset. In, and we're, we're different, right? Some people like the soft approach. Some people go, tell it to me straight. Some people like things written down. Some people want a visual support. Some people like self-talk and like, you know, talk coaching. Some people don't. They might want, you know, sound healing. So it's about find your way and be honest with yourself that, you know, will this help me? Will this support me? Because, you know, one of my jobs as a coach, I pull people out on their bullshit and it's not them. It's their brain, how their brain likes to trick them. And I have to like pull them out on how their brain tricks them into thinking a certain way. So cool. this process is really tiring. Yeah, sometimes. I bet. <laughs> but good. Oh, yeah. You, you get yeah. head crashed. You know, it is. Yeah. And that's the thing. We don't use our brains, right? Really. We, they just repeat, repeat, repeat. So when people come for a day's workshop and they go, oh my God, my head is mashed. I go, good, because that means we've got it uncomfortable. We're shaking it around. We're wanting it to think uh, think in a different way. And we need to think in a different way. If not, we think in the same way. And we have, I don't like the word always, outcomes, but we have the same experiences. And we want different experiences. Yeah. If we don't change our way, it's going to be what? Different places, different places, right? Different, no, different places, different different faces, but still the same bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Life changes anyway, so. Yeah. 100%. Change whether you like it or not, it's inevitable. Um, I'm just a bit aware of the time. We've been going for a good hour. Thank you for watching and listening. Um, so I think better just tie things up yeah. a little so bit. We gonna, have no more questions, but. Um, we're going to ask final questions. Yes, exactly. Could you give us five top mindset tips that we could share with people? What could they do today? What could they do today? Okay, step one um, is to praise themselves. No, it sounds weird. So step one was sit down with either a piece of paper, if you like writing, or go for a walk, if that works, or, you know, cook something tonight and think about it praise yourself because if we do not acknowledge where we are if we do not look at how far we've come then the brain will look ahead which often can put us under pressure so number one is to praise uh we're all epic beautiful wonderful individuals trying to enjoy life and work life out yeah, I think most people have a good heart, have good heart intentions, even if they might not say things in a fluffy, nice way. They have good heart, you know, intentions. So one is to praise self. Step two, listen to your words. So if you are saying, oh, I can't lose weight. I can't do that. That's too hard. Why is that too hard for me? Why am I doing that? Instead, start to say part of me. So when you say part of me, then only part of the brain thinks it leaves space often in the other part of the brain. So you can go, part of me is feeling anxious. Part of me is feeling overwhelmed. 
part of me questions if I'm successful. Oh, but another part of me sees I'm successful. So that'd be my second thing. Um, the third thing is to um, look at the victim, the punisher and the rescue behaviours that you have. Just sit down and look at your behaviours and also look at them in the other people around you. And don't go, you're acting like a victim, but just go, oh, actually, what if everyone has that cycle of behavior? So then mm. you can see that we just have that as a cycle. The fourth one is um, get some help outside of self. And most people that come to me, they've read the books and the books help. For me, books give you information. And they've given me tremendous information, but they often don't give me implementation. And that's what we need help with. We need somebody there that could help you to implement, uh, you know, the, the thing in the book. And that doesn't mean you don't have to do massive high investments. Like I have big programs that are big investments because it works where people are. It could be there's a small coaching group community you could join or, you know, stuff like that out there. Um, and the fifth, fifth thing is to uh, to make a decision on what are you sick and tired with? What are you truly sick and tired of? And write down why are you sick and tired of that? And uh, what would you like instead of that? So it's kind of, look, you know, that part of me is sick and tired of that. And what would I like instead of that? And focus on that. Focus on, you know, actually, I do believe that could happen. I, or just use your imagination on what you would like to create. Become imaginative. In fact, another way of saying that, Ange, is be childlike. Be, be more lighthearted in the things that you might be sick and tired with that might seem heavy heavy in your life wow gosh this is golden it is fantastic I, I'm taking a photo. you're taking a photo fabulous <laughs> <laughs> amazing so that's brilliant thank you they're really top that, five yeah that was brilliant. Like top, yeah. top top yeah. top 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 five yeah. could you share with us you know just what you've got coming up very soon so people have a chance actually to taste what it's like to be in your world i know you do workshops <laughs> on a regular basis yeah you have a program just tell us a little bit more about that yeah for sure so i have many different things to kind of help people kind of where they are on their path to mindset because we're at different places right so if you're new to mindset or you've been reading the books and trying to do stuff on your own a, a good step is to get one of my master classes so I have a whole library resource of masterclasses and they're a 90 minute recording on a topic. And it's me talking to other people on a recording so you can listen to how similar we all are as human beings. Um, and the investment for that is £30. I've got one on self-doubt, how to get out of procrastination, overwhelm, um, self-belief, working with the inner critic. The, how to get more confidence, all sorts of juicy, self-sabotage, juicy stuff that we kind of experience uh, as human beings. That would be uh, a great start for, for somebody. For somebody who feels like they've 
done stuff on their own but need to take the next step and is willing to invest then you can contact me and have a complimentary coaching call however because my time is tight um not everyone that come to me can have a call because i'm uh, don't have that you know that time however you'll get a questionnaire uh, a brief questionnaire to fill in uh, and if you answer those then i'll invite i do like you know five calls a week that i do do complimentary to help people uh, and from there you might continue to work with me and join uh, a coaching program and i create a program for you individual for you another way is i do live workshops so that means you have to turn up uh, live so i do have clients in uh, norway holland uh, australia dubai and thailand they don't fly in for them uh, yet so uh these are live in coventry i do eight of those for a year so you can just come and join me for a day with similar like-minded people trying to enjoy life more so uh you can do that the other thing that I have is if you want to become a coach or you're interested in, in either uh, helping your clients in a different way and having more skills in your toolbox, you can become a trained holistic coach with me. Uh, and that's a version that you can do online where I coach you personally uh, and I coach you on coaching strategies or you can join my live uh, coaching program. So that's kind of um, what I do. Or Instagram, Facebook, I'm often putting out stuff. I don't overspend a lot of time on those platforms because I do a lot of uh, delivery with people, but I have my little bits that I uh, do on there, little questions or things that hopefully are inspirational. And you get my sheep and my dogs <laughs> and my grandson and hubby. Hubby and the kids are there as well. <laughs> It's definitely very inspirational. Whatever you're putting out there, you know, it always makes me smile and think like, oh, yeah, she definitely triggered something, you know, it made me think again, again and again, which is brilliant. And that's what it's all about. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, for myself and on behalf of everyone else who already has, you know, had this great opportunity of getting to know you a little bit better. Um, now, could you just tell me very quickly and share that with audience, the best way of connecting with you and getting access to all of those materials you just mentioned before? Is it your website or uh, yeah, maybe social my, media platforms? Yeah, my, one could be my email. So it could be Eileen at coachingwitheileen.com. Uh, could be my email. My other one is my Instagram. So add me on Coaching with Eileen if you like Instagram. Uh, or the other one, if you prefer Facebook, then you can join my Facebook group, which is called Be Your Own Mindset Ninja. And you'll find that under there. So uh, any one of those platforms uh, and just say hi, you know, you came to the to Matt and Angie's podcast. So I kind of know where you came from. Um, and then, yeah, we can connect and I can, you, you know, I always believe anyone can ask anything. I always get back to people so you can ask whatever you need. Um, support one another to smile, smile through, through life more. So, yeah. Brilliant. Gosh, that was really amazing. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, thank you. So, we probably could have talked for another two hours. <laughs> no, I don't know yeah. who said it. It's good to but talk. Got, I don't have <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Eileen. I, I really hope we can, you'll come back for another chat. So. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah.
appreciate yeah. you too for I know what goes into the background of these uh, podcasts, the work that you have to do. So thank you too for your time, your energy and your commitment to serve and be there for other people. So appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Guys, if you really enjoyed that, and I know you probably did, not probably, for sure, enjoyed We're telling you that you did. <laughs> you did enjoy it. <laughs> what did you get out of it? If we would really oh, appreciate yeah. Good. your Yeah, opinion. what's your biggest take-home? Your mm. big take-homes. <laughs> Just share that with us. We would really appreciate that. So... Yeah, Oh, I think we're just coming to the end. This is sad because I don't want you to go. <laughs> I really don't want you to go, but that was amazing. I really enjoyed that. I really did. I really. Oh, so. it was good. It was good. Yeah. Oh, Watching the hangar, food to cook, Bristol to get to, get back, <laughs> sign language course to do. <laughs> Life. Life. Yeah, this <laughs> is it. Right. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, though. Thank you so much. Thank all you, right. guys. See you all next week, everyone. Peace. Love always and be child ish. <laughs> be child ish. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed listening to today's show. Please share with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have enjoyed listening, please leave us a nice five star review. See you next episode.